Okay? Uh, we'll start with the gospel message um, uh, in Matthew, beginning with chapter 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. And from Genesis chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the ones who curse you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai, his brother's son Lot, and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons who they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go. They go to the land of Canaan. When they, when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land and, placed, and to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moriah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. Word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Welcome to Good Shepherd United Methodist Church this morning. Thanks for being here to worship with us. Everyone who's worshiping with us, whether you're in the house or online, is a part of the family. If if it's your first time visiting with us, welcome to the family. Let's take a moment this morning for us to wave to each other in the house and online so that we can feel that family connection. If If you see a face that you haven't seen in a while or a new face among us this morning, Give them a good, a good, good shepherd welcome this morning. Uh, please comment if you're online or if you're in the house. It's okay to shout out. I can't believe when we we sang that song about standing up, step out, and shake. We just didn't get up and dance. Y'all just did that. So, but it's okay to uh, to to speak in the house. Maybe we can get that dance move going next time we sing that. I know, I know. Uh, so. It's okay to, to let the Spirit move and, and talk because we love hearing from you. And I'm Pastor Regina, and, and I look forward to spending some time together with you this morning. We're entering into a time in, in our liturgical year called Ordinary Time. It's a time between Pentecost Sunday and Advent and when Advent begins again. It's a time between the major cycle of Advent, Christmas, and Epiphany and then following Lent, Easter, and Pentecost. Now, during this season, we we focus on discipleship, 
evangelism, into putting our faith into action. We focus, we witness, we step out, uh, when we speak out about and participate in God's ongoing work in this world. This is not a time meant for uh, where nothing special is happening, but a time when support and nurture of new believers takes place, where we support and nurture each other, and we live out our own calling as individuals and as a faith community. Here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, we're, we're actively discerning our mission. We're embarking on some new and exciting ministries. We're adapting some time-honored ones. Your leadership is hard at work praying, planning, and exploring new and innovative ways to do ministry. Some exciting opportunities are on the horizon that, that we will share with you as they unfold. What a wonderful, spirit-filled and exciting leadership meeting we had yesterday where plans began to to come together and and the Spirit began to lead us into the future. The mission of the United Methodist Church is to make disciples of Christ to transform the world. I know you've heard that. It's a great goal. However, this goal is not accomplished without intention and effort. Discipleship just doesn't happen by accident. Over the next few weeks, we will take a a discipleship journey, a journey that will help us better understand what it takes to be a disciple, what a focus on discipleship means for us as individuals and as a faith community. We will examine the joys, the struggles, and confusion surrounding discipleship. We will discover why it is necessary to be serious about discipleship if we are to be true to the call to follow Jesus Christ. Before we begin our journey into discipleship, we need to define what a disciple is. A disciple is a follower. It's simple. It's a follower. We're all disciples of something or someone. We can be a disciple of a particular sports team or celebrity. We can be a disciple of a particular television show or a streaming event. We can even be a disciple of an emerging trend. For the Christian, though, for the Christian, it is to be a disciple is to follow Jesus Christ. To be a disciple as a Christian is to follow Jesus Christ. In the gospel, Jesus says to his disciples, follow me. The call to follow Jesus is placed on the hearts of all persons who seek to draw closer to Christ. If we're honest with ourselves, we spend our entire spiritual lives wrestling with how to authentically follow Jesus. We don't always get it right. And sometimes we downright go in the opposite direction. Anybody feel that way? Yet, the call to follow Jesus remains. As we read the gospel, Jesus never insinuated that following Jesus would be easy. Following Jesus would mean sacrifice, effort, and commitment. A call to follow Jesus is weighty, yet not not a burdensome ask. For those of us who seek to be disciples of Christ, we should ask ourselves, what are we being called to do? We have to look no further than the scripture where we're introduced to people of faith who experience the same struggles in answering the call to follow God as we do in the 21st century. 
Throughout Scripture we read stories of Abraham and Moses and many others. The Gospel is filled with call stories of the disciples. We think we know these stories. Many of us have heard them before. Yet the call of Christ on our lives differs within each of us. There's a radical nature to the call that requires us leaving our past behind and living into a new reality. This new reality also means that we are now to invite others to join us alongside us in the call to follow Christ. And we do this by introducing our traveling companions to Jesus. The call of following Christ is weighty. A disciple has become, becomes a witness both as a noun so that people see us and as a verb by our actions. We can't simply stay hidden behind the safe walls of our sanctuary tending to our own spiritual needs. We must take risky steps to transform faith in order to, to lead others to Christ. These risks take the form of new ministry, new volunteer opportunities, and new ways to spread the gospel. Are we ready to build the kingdom of God by answering the call to discipleship? Are we ready to let God direct our paths? Today our journey begins. It's not a burdensome journey, but one that inspires and energizes and equips us to better understand Jesus and our relationship to and with Him. Our discipleship journey is an ongoing process that will never complete, but will be ever deepening as we grow in our faith and practice of it. This morning at our 11 o'clock service, we will be witnesses to the sacrifice that, or the sacrament that begins our faith journey. Millie Marie Potter will receive infant baptism. Her parents will covenant, covenant along with her family and, and this congregation to nurture and raise Millie in the Christian faith. Our own discipleship journeys began at the, at the baptismal font, whether we were a child or we were an infant. Our faith journey is lived from the perspective of our vows as, the, as we took or were taken for us to live as followers of Christ. I invite any of you all who, who want to stick around for that 11 o'clock service. It'll be toward the beginning and, and it is a step on our part as a congregation to partner with her parents into raising Millie. We all strive to, to live a life devoid of sin and evil, to avoid injustice and oppression of others and to trust Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord because of our baptism. Baptism, though, is just the beginning of our journey of faith. It's the initiation into the life of faith and the call to follow Jesus Christ. Sometimes, sometimes it's difficult to discern a call. We have this nagging nudge to, to begin a new ministry, to volunteer in new ways, but we ignore it. We hear the Spirit speaking through word and song, but we dismiss the thought that God is calling us. We are awakened from sleep with ideas and clarity about new ways to spread the gospel, but we're fearful that our ideas could be the manifestations of too much spicy food for dinner. Hearing and discerning the call to lay ministry, licensed or ordained ministry, is one example of a call. But all of us, are called to follow Christ and exercise our faith in some way. Being a committed lay person, answering the call to follow and serve Jesus is just as significant. Hear that. That is just as significant as those of us who have answered a full-time call to ministry. 
We can all think of committed laypersons who, who through their active participation in their faith have led many to a relationship with Christ. The first step to answering our call is hearing. And that's closely followed by responding. Hearing is one thing, but responding is the scary part. It's challenging and it asks a great deal from us. And even after answering the call to follow, there are still obstacles with which we will struggle. A call is a wooing from God into a deeper relationship with God. To be called is to be set apart for ministry, for service, for teaching, for compassion, and any other activity that honors God and brings others into a relationship with Christ. Being called feels like a yearning to be drawn into something bigger than ourselves. It's something that you know beyond a shadow of doubt that you should be doing whether you can figure out how to make it happen or not. A call is a desire to be in right relationship with our Creator and to be obedient to what you are being called to do. Sometimes a call is something we want, but other times a call can be the farthest thing from our imagination and not something we want to do but can't not do. As I struggled with answering my call to ministry, I knew I was being called to something bigger than volunteer youth ministry. I thought I could fill this, this call through, through teaching school and doing part-time youth ministry. I had it all worked out and, and, and knew the ways that it could be done. But there was still an emptiness and a longing to do more, to be more, to contribute more to the faith journeys of others. I was active in my church, even on a part-time staff. I worked youth camps in the summer and led mission trips, and it was still not enough. That nagging call persisted. If I'm honest, my call began as a child. I, I always wanted to be at church and to learn more. And as a youth, we were that group that caused longtime saints of the church to decide that their time for services, Sunday school teachers and youth workers were over, and it was time for it to come to an end. We were challenging and inquisitive and often left to our own devices. Thanks be to God for those church leaders who, who stuck it out and allowed us to, to question our faith. Thanks be to God for a church who, who decided it was easy to let us lead than to try to channel our energy into ways of things that had always been done. These expressions shaped and molded me without knowing it. I spent two college summers at Wesley Woods Youth Camp in Townsend, Tennessee, thinking it was just a summer job. But now I know that God was preparing me even then to answer a call that was being prepared for me. Years passed and I believed that my call was, was being answered as a public educator and, and maybe that being only the Christian influence that some st students and faculty witnessed was how I was to live out my call. It was then my call got stronger. I ran harder. I planned more. I rationalized more. Finally, I realized that if I were going to be obedient, I had to stop running and explore deeply what it meant to answer a call to full-time ministry. It was scary and exciting and daunting and, uh, and life-giving all balled up into one. I didn't want to leave the playground and a faculty and administration that had become family. I had grown as an educator and I had reached a comfortable place in my career. <laughs> there it is. I had grown comfortable in my first call to ministry. Disciples are not called into a life of being comfortable. 
Disciples are not called to ministry misery either, but to go beyond ourselves for the greater good of the gospel message. To say that after I answered the call, everything was easy would not be true. I will say that things began to fall into place the more obedient I was and the more I let God lead. There was still uncertainty. There were still unanswered questions, but there was also affirmation. There were moments of chaos, but more often, more times than not, an unexplained peace. The call never ceases. It evolves. There are still difficult moments. There are times where I wonder if I'm honoring God with the choices I make or, or the ways in which I lead. Sometimes I ask, what am I doing here? Or what have I gotten myself into? It's often that then I must listen to the voice of the one who first called my name and hear again that my job is to be obedient. Then I must respond as, I'm, as what I'm being called to do. This is the call of every disciple, to listen, to hear, and to respond, not to be overwhelmed by perceived risks involved. We see two examples of being called by God in our scripture reading this morning. Abram left his family and his home to follow God to, to the promise that God gave him. The logic didn't make sense. Timing seemed off. Yet Abraham followed the command from God to follow. Matthew was minding his own business as a tax collector, and Jesus said, follow me, and Matthew went. In both cases, Scripture made following the call appear to be an instantaneous choice. The Chosen gives us a little bit of a Hollywood insight into Matthew's decision, and we really don't know how it played out. But what we do know is that Jesus is sitting in Matthew's house for dinner just a few weeks later. Maybe Matthew was ready for a change. Tax collection in those days was profitable, but it was not a welcome profession. Maybe Matthew was looking for a more honorable way to live. Maybe he was just following orders. Who knows? Do you ever wonder if only a few days later down the road he, he may have questioned his decision? What we do know is that Matthew heard Jesus' call and responded with obedience to follow him. Now Abraham appeared to answer, quick, answer the question quickly as well. He, asked, he was asked to leave his home and kindred and com complete a journey that his father had begun. Was Abraham's quick response a result of his father having settled in Haran rather than continuing to Canaan? Did Abram have a, long, a longing for something more? Had he dreamed of Canaan while tending sheep? God called Abram. Maybe it sounded like thunder to others and audible words to Abram. Maybe it sounded like his father, Teran, who had talked of reaching Canaan someday. Again, we don't know, but Abraham knew it was God and followed. It can be difficult to know if the call is from God or for some unknown or deep-seated desire of our own hearts. A call always seems so certain in Scripture and response made so easily. But let's look a, more, a little bit more deeply into God's call to Abram. Go from your country and your kindred and your father to the land that I will show you. Not a lot of certainty there. God says, will show you, not showing you. 
Abram is being asked to leave a lot more behind than he knows about his destination. But you know what? God doesn't ask us for certainty. God asks for obedience to the call. God asks for faith and trust in God's faithfulness to uphold God's promises. Matthew followed. Abram went. What will we do? Both Abram and Matthew took some wrong steps along their journey. We don't always get it right. Being obedient is what God wants. We don't have to be certain what the steps are or what those next steps are or if those steps will be correct. We simply must take that first step and God will honor our obedience. We don't have to have the destination or end result figured out first. We must simply move toward a life of discipleship by first following the call to follow me. We don't have to know everything. We're not going to know everything. But we are going to know some things. God is faithful. God is just. God wants a relationship with us. Jesus commands us to love God, love our neighbor as ourselves, and that, my friends, is enough. We must listen. We must respond. We must hear the call to be obedient to the call to follow Jesus. May we begin today to listen carefully and to act accordingly. As we move into communion this morning, let us know that God is waiting here for us. Christ has set the table for us, just as Christ set the table long ago with those first disciples that he had the first meal with. They were sitting there in their confusion, in their differences, in their call that they didn't know what was ahead, but they knew they were there with the Messiah. They knew they were there at this meal and that they were all invited. And that is the same for each of us today. As they were sitting there at the meal that was so familiar to them, Jesus took the bread. He broke the bread and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. He also took that last cup and he, he gave thanks to it and he said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you eat and drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Holy and awesome God, thank you for the meal that you have set. Thank you for inviting us and calling us into ministry with you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, for your presence among us here, for your presence in these gifts of simple bread and simple juice. And, Lord, we ask that you infuse your spirit on us here, on these gifts, and on the ministry that you are calling us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If those who are assisting me will come forward.
serve by intention this morning. A piece of bread will be taken. You'll dip into the cup. You have gluten-free options and single-serve options available for you. Come to, meal, come to the meal that Christ has prepared and meet him at the table. We can trust in a loving God who calls us and who leads us. 
into our discipleship. Amen. Go with God. You are my strength.